Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. This is the Brilliantly Dumb Show on Big Game Bob. Coming to you on your local airwaves, however you're listening, why ever you're listening, we're just happy you are indeed listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we got an action-packed show for you folks out there. I want to jump right into it. Uh, we all saw it. Phil the Thrill Mickelson. Just won the PGA Championship, which to me is just absolutely nuts. At the age of 50, Big Dick Phil the Thrill goes home and wins it all. I, I, a tournament that Phil Mickelson did not even qualified for. He, he was invited because of who he is, what he's done. He's won it before, so they had to invite him. He had no business even being in this tournament. Comes out. Wins it all. Incredible moment for golf. Just unbelievable. Now, you know, the beauty of golf is you had this new age of players, these new age of guys coming up into golf that made it fun, exciting. Golf was becoming relevant again. I've said, I, I truly believe that COVID really helped golf. It was one of the only things that people could really do was go out and golf. And I really think that that helped boost the game of golf. You have these young generation coming in. Uh, you got the Jordan Spieths, you got the Brooks Kepkas, you got all these young guys there. Um, and now you have Phil the Thrill showing the youngsters that he still got some pep in his step on by far the PGA's longest course. Um, this thing was an absolute doozy. I'd be lucky to shoot anything under a 125 at this place. But, you know, what what what, what fascinates me with Phil, Phil Mickelson is two things. First thing, I, I don't think you can find a guy or I don't think you can remember a guy that had the entire world rooting for him. Everybody's rooting for Phil Mickelson. You will be hard pressed to find somebody who dislikes Phil Mickelson. I mean, this guy may go down as the classiest guy in sports history. And he's also fucking hilarious. When I think of class acts, I think of Drew Brees, Larry Fitzgerald, Phil Mickelson, uh, Russell Wilson, you could put up there. But even these guys have some, some doubters, some people who don't like them. I don't know a single person who doesn't like Phil Mickelson. And this entire weekend leading up to it in the tournament, it's like everybody, all the golf was cheering for one guy. And I know a lot of people could say, oh, with Tiger, um, you know, winning the Masters, I think it was, what, 2018? That Tiger won it, maybe 2019? Um, that was a different ball game in the sense that Tiger still had some haters. Tiger still had some doubters. I myself wasn't a huge Tiger Woods fan. After he won that Masters, I had no choice but to tip the cap to the guy. You can't deny the success he's had. But, 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 but just overall watching an entire sport get behind one guy and root for one guy in Phil Mickelson. I thought it was truly incredible. I really did. Everybody was pulling for him. We were actually playing golf at the time, which I'm not a big fan of something like that. When you give me a major, there's nothing that I like more that Saturday and Sunday, a major tournament watching that whole damn thing. I think it's just the best couch day you maneuver between. I had the Yankee game going on those Saturday and Sundays. I really don't want to golf with the major going on. I did. And we put the laptop in the cart to live stream the tournament. Um, 
And there were guys coming over to ask how Lefty was doing, how Phil Mickelson was doing. Everybody that came over, it's like everybody was rooting and backing and behind this guy. Um, and and that's the first thing that amazes me about Phil Mickelson is how likable he is. The second thing is, do you see how many times this guy either waved or tipped his cap to a fan throughout the tournament. I was thinking of what I thought the realistic over under would be on Phil Mickelson acknowledging fans. I think over under, I would put about 161 and a half, and I would take that over. Every step this guy took down the course, he was either tipping his cap or waving. I don't think there was a single person that had something to say to Phil Mickelson at this tournament that didn't get a response with either a hat tip or a wave. This guy's arm has got to be exhausted this morning. I don't even think he could lift his cup of coffee because he spent his entire round just waving to fans. And I don't know if that just zones him in, but it works. And it's fascinating. And he goes down the fairway and everybody gets a hello. Looked like there was 50,000 people at that tournament. And I think he waved to 49,888 of them. The other 122 just didn't say hello to him. If you had something to say to Phil Mickelson and you were at this tournament, you were getting a hello back. You were getting some type of wave back. It was unbelievable. His wrist has got to be exhausted You might not even see Phil Mickelson in another tournament, not because he's the age of 50 years old, but because he doesn't even have any wrist strength left. I had never seen anything like it. He is just the most likable guy in sports. And and now another thing to, to factor in with this PGA Championship, which was fascinating to me, and it's a beautiful thing to see, is the world is definitely coming back to normal. We are getting there. You saw how many fans were just mobbing these guys Sunday to the point where security couldn't even control them. And I know Brooks Kepka had a problem. He said that there were people trying to touch him and they, you know, you, you had contact with fans and security really had no control over it. Usually I would say, you know, you got to give them their respect. Fuck that. We haven't had fans in a year and a half. I say, let these fans run wild. If they want to be on the fairway with Brooks Kepka, let them be on the fairway with Brooks Kepka. We got a lot of steam to unleash. It's been a year and a half, some odd, without any fans. Let them run fucking wild. Let them stand in people's lines. I don't care. I want to see as many fans as possible. Just mob the damn place. It was spectacular. It was pure chaos and chaos was bliss Sunday. It was a beautiful thing to see all those fans there. And they were going fucking crazy. Absolutely nuts. And I think you're going to see these in other sports and other playoffs where these fans have so much energy to release a year and a half worth of energy that they're just letting it rip. The NBA playoffs, I think, is going to be phenomenal. And there are teams out there in the playoffs that have such an advantage because their stadium is at full capacity compared to other stadiums that aren't allowed to have full capacity. I think it's a huge advantage and a guy that I would not want to be something to keep an eye out for in the NBA playoffs, Kyrie Irving going in back to Boston, Boston, I believe now is back at full capacity. 
This guy is in for a long 48 minutes every game that he plays in Boston. Kyrie Irving better want to take care of this series immediately because he's in for a rough, rough time in Boston. Something to keep an eye out for. But what I wanted to do is I, I, I wanted to give the top five old age comeback stories, guys that were apparently past their prime that either went on to win a major title, a major championship, a world series guys that, that we, the fans, the, the, everybody that pretty much counted them out from an age standpoint that came back to win and found their way back to triumph, back to glory. Um, we're going to go five to one, one being the most shocking, incredible moment that I've seen in, in my time. Uh, number five, I'm going with Kirk Gibson. Coming in the clutch, 1988 Dodgers World Series, pinch hit home run off the bench. If you don't think this guy was old at the time, watch this guy limp around the bases after he hits that pinch home run, pinch hit home run for the Dodgers. This guy barely made it to home plate. He looked like he just went 15 rounds with Tyson in his prime. I didn't think he was going to reach home plate. Kirk Gibson, incredible, incredible moment. I got that at five. Number four, Muhammad Ali, after three years of being banned from boxing for not enlisting into the U.S. Army draft, um, years later down the road, uh, apparently out of his game, out of his prime, I believe he was an eight to one favorite, uh, eight, I'm sorry, an eight to one underdog against George Foreman, who was 40 and zero at the time. That's when, of course, as we know, Muhammad Ali introduced the rope-a-dope where he just toyed around with Foreman, let him get all tired. Next thing you know, Ali's got energy left in the tank, knocks out Foreman. If my dad's listening to this, which I'm sure he is, I know my dad knows because my dad bet it at 8-1 to one odds. He took George Foreman, thought he had won the fight, thought he had won his bet, and we all know how that worked out. Um, I got Ali at four. Number three. I'm going to go Phil Mickelson PGA championship. What we saw yesterday. I, I, I mean, at the age of 50 and again to win it, mind you, Phil Mickelson was playing in the senior tournaments. He was getting bumped out of having his tour card. He was starting to play with VJ Singh and John Daly. And those guys comes into a tournament that he didn't even qualify for that. He got invited to the longest course in the PGA comes out and wins the PGA championship against a young Brooks Kepka who just hits bombs. Um, I thought that was one of the most incredible sports moments I've seen. I got Phil Mickelson at three. Number two, the GOAT. When you think GOAT, you don't question it. You know that is the guy. Number 12, Tom Brady at the age of 41, winning with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for those of you folks that don't remember, a year or two back when the Patriots, as soon as the, the Patriots started to struggle or Tom Brady started to struggle in the slightest way, that was it. He was off the cliff. He was done. Patriots were done. Tom Brady was done. Whole nine yards. Brady leaves the team, goes to the Buccaneers, wins at the age of 41 to win a Super Bowl. And again, He's one of the only guys, if not the only guy, that when you say that he is the GOAT, you cannot question it. You're not going to have anybody question you with that. Tom Brady, the absolute GOAT, wins the Super Bowl at the age of 41. 
I got that at number two. I debated doing Brady either one or two. I stuck him at two because I'm going with Tiger. For number one, 43 years old, wins the Masters, uh, the biggest stage. So many people have counted him out. I counted him out, surgery after surgery. Um, to win it at the Masters, one of the most shocking moments I think that I've seen in sports. Um, and, and between what Mickelson had just done, what Tiger did at the Masters, just ridiculous. Doesn't even make sense. I mean, Tiger, had Tiger have just walked out after the Masters, I mean, you talk about a way to go out. Not that he would have. I mean, after you win the Masters, you clearly think you still got more left in the tank. What a way that would have been to go out. But I, I got the Tiger Woods Masters uh, at one. What a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend for golf and just a great, great couch weekend. By the way, my couch, $1,000 couch. You would think with $1,000 you can get some comfort. Couch stinks. And couches, sorry, I'm, I'm just going to go on a, a little rant here. Couches are the one thing that get excused for delivery times. Nobody knows when a couch is going to get delivered. They may take eight weeks. They could take six months. Amazon should just start being the ones to ship couches because they would find a way to do that right. Nobody else knows how to ship a couch. I know it's not an easy thing. I get that. But you just never know when that couch is going to come. My couch stinks. Absolutely stinks. It's supposed to be this nice leather, what it is. But it just doesn't do anything for me. Anywho. Ladies and gentlemen, in the meantime, we are moving on. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on the big fella himself, the Jersey native, our pride and joy, Gerard Gilfone. Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Gerard Gilfone. Jerry, Jerry Diesel, Jerry, Jerry Diesel. Talk to the people. What'd you, Jerry Don? Hey, what's up? I know I got a lot of, a lot of my hands, or should I say feet today? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And we are going to get to that, Jerry Don. Uh, first things first, for those of you not watching on YouTube right now, Jerry Don is currently wearing a bow tie. He is wearing his Jersey Jerry shirt. Uh, he's got a Stu Leonard's cap on right there. And Jerry, at what point do you say, now, I, I, I got to ask you, because I saw you in the Instagram live, Mm -hmm. you're not even just putting the bow tie on the pink bow tie on for the show, or you are just walking around your house with the pink bow tie that is confirmed, right? Yeah, I can confirm that Bob. Yep. That was a outfit for dinner after shower, um, Instagram live and now podcast. And do your parents say anything like, you know, Jerry, what are you doing when around with the bow tie and something like that? They're used to it by now, Bob. You know what I mean? They don't really question it. Okay, now, Jerry, something that I want to ask you, okay, before we get into this mm -hmm. whole foot frenzy thing that you got going that, that, that I've been on the record and I've told you I think is just absolutely preposterous and you look excited just uh, talking about it right yeah. now. Um, he is hacking away at that jewel right now, ladies and gentlemen. But, Jerry, what I wanted to ask you, now, you were all excited. You went to Stu Leonard's, which is your grocery store. They gave you a free vanilla cone? Correct, Yes. Yes. So what do you do? You go around to the dairy section, you go around to the bakery and you say I'd like a cone? So, so let me give you a little information on Stu Leonard's. Now, for every $100 you spend at Stu Leonard's, you get one point. One point equals one reward. One reward equals a small vanilla cone or a small coffee. Now, 
I'm at the register today and I'm just looking at my app because I have the stool enters app and it says 12 rewards available. And I never knew about this. So I asked the lady, hey, what what rewards do I have? And she goes, oh, bring it up to the ice cream station and, and scan it. They'll give you a free ice cream cone. I said, so you're telling me right now, if I wanted 12 ice cream cones, I can get 12 ice cream cones. And she said, yeah, go ahead. So I just walked over there. I asked the lady, hey, you know, I, I got these rewards. She said, oh, my God, you have 12 free cones. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, that's pretty cool. Give me, give me a vanilla cone. I'll take one for free. You know what I mean? You know, Bob, today was such a good day at Stu Leonard's. I, I, you know, I go there for the ambiance and the atmosphere. You know what I mean? At the grocery store, you go there for the for the ambience and the atmosphere at the grocery. Do you spend some extra time, more time than you may need to spend? It's not like you're just going to pick your groceries. Are you taking in what's going on at the store? Exactly, I'm taking in the sights, the smells, the, the feels. You know what I mean? I went around twice today. Now, but what happens if you want to upgrade from the ice cream cone? Don't get me wrong, I like an ice cream cone, but can you save up your rewards points to where you could do something better than an ice cream cone? So so the only thing you can do is for the small cone, like I got that big um, with a soft serve, if I wanted to upgrade to a large, it would cost me another reward point. So instead of one point, it would be two points. So really, the only thing Stu Leonard's is given out in rewards is ice cream cones. Is really ice cream cones and small coffees. But let me ask you something, Bob. Yeah, is Publix giving out any free ice cream? No, or, or coffees? No. no, they're not, Jerry Don. It, you know, is Stop It Shop? Is Acme? Is Trader Joe's doing that, Bob? No, but here's the problem I have with the ice cream cone is Jerry Don. I just think of the process of doing your grocery shopping while licking an ice cream cone sounds to me like a total disaster in the sense of picking groceries. You have bags in your hands, you're yeah. doing a shopping cart. It sounds to me like things get very messy, very sloppy at Stu Leonard's pretty fast. I mean, you could have that opinion for sure. Now, what most people do, Bob, is after they, you know, do their grocery shop, they get their cone, they put their car, you know, I've witnessed people do this. They get their, you know, groceries in the bags and they're pushing the cart with the one cone in the hand. So, yes, it can get messy. It can get, you know, kind of sloppy. I noticed these people, they put the groceries in the truck, right, or in the car, and then they just sit outside just having a cone of themselves. Bob. Now, that sounds good. Now that, now, see, I'll give you that. Now that sounds good. What I would like to do, the way I would play it, if I had a Stu Leonard's by me, is I would gather my groceries, I would put mm -hmm. all my groceries into the car, go back in, get my cone, then go out and enjoy my ice cream cone, Don. Exactly. exactly. You, That's a good way to put it. Are you licking the sides of the ice cream cone, Don, or do you just head it straight on like it's a crane? You know, you know you're funny you bring it up. So today... You know, my first time ever getting a cone. I had the cone in, in one one hand and the cart in the other. I put all my groceries in the truck. I'm, I, You know how people put the carts back where they're supposed to be? Yeah. yeah. I didn't do that. I tried to put it on the sidewalk, That's but I hit the curb, you know, and then the ice cream cone kind of hit, the, hit the, um, the cart. So the bottom piece of the cone came out. So it did get kind of sloppy today, but oh, good. Oh, so you know what, Don? You're one cone down. You got eleven left. Eleven <laughs> left. But Don, would you not do that though? I mean, that bothers me a little bit because they, I mean, I mean, find the nearest station to put your cart and and stack it up. Are you really the sidewalk guy, Don? 
sometimes I can be. Most of the time I'm not, but today I was. Maybe you know today I was because I had the cone in my hand. Think about that. Could be, which is why I think you could just complete the complete the shopping process. This gives you the full capability to really enjoy your your cone, whether it's a small cone or a large cone. Um, Jerry Don, we're we're gonna go from ice cream cones to feet. Yeah. Okay, you decided that it would be a good idea. Uh, another one of your crazy ideas. You woke up mm-hmm. one morning and said, you know what I'm going to do? I love feet. I'm going to do a bracket of feet. And I'm mm-hmm. going to let my fans decide on which foot is best and run it March Madness style Correct. for feet. Jerry Diesel, I, I want to know what made you come up with this idea and, and why would you think this is a good idea? Why? Well, you know, uh, feet are very slept on, you know. <laughs> so, you know, you're on them all day long, right? They, You know, what people don't understand, Bob, is there's a lot more to the foot than you actually think. There's a big toe. There's a pinky toe. There's a pointer toe. There's white nail polish, pink nail polish. Big toe. Jerry, you're giving me toe. the willies. You're giving me the willies here, Jerry Don. French tip toes, claw toes, bunions. There's a lot of stuff about feet that people don't understand. They should be more respected. They should be more taken care of. That's why I started this tournament, Bobby. You know, one for the girls to get involved a little bit, and two to put respect back on feet. Because they are very slept on, Bob. And I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of good feedback today. You know I mean? You could laugh all you want. You could think this thing is a big joke. But it ain't a joke to me, Bob. You understand, okay? Now, it ain't a joke. What's to say, though, Jerry Don, you being the commissioner of, of Beat the Feet the Feet the Streets? Feet, feet the, the beat, Streets. Feet, feet the Streets. And that's a runoff instead of Feed the Streets. Feet the Streets? Yeah, instead of, feet, uh, you know, uh, Flood the Streets. Too. You know, I, I came up with Feet the Streets 2021, our first uh, in, 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 in inaugural, inaugural tournament. It, it, what tournament? Inaugural. The first one ever. You know what it means. Inaugural. <laughs> I, I don't know what. <laughs> that means like to, the start of something, like know, an activity or a period. I know. What, what's the word, Don? Inaugural. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> now, Don, but what's to say that you're not using first off so this feet the streets is what you decided was going to grow your female following you're friends with tyler cameron you have him on a you first you you could call him at any time there's so many things you do you feet the streets is what was going to grow your female following but what's to say you being the feet connoisseur that you You know, like I said, you, you you know, you might think I'm some type of joke, Bobby Berger, but I'll tell you what, the feedback I got today, I'm bringing attention to feet. And what I also noticed today was this, that a lot of males have hit me up and they said, Jerry Don, Jerry Diesel, Jerry, Jersey, Jerry, you know, you, you know, I never liked feet until this very moment, until this tournament, Jerry Donnie did it again. Oh, what I want to ask you though, what's to say that you're not using these pictures of feet for your own enjoyment? Well, Bob, I uh, <laughs> next question. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, uh, Chair. We really... We <laughs> Bob, we're going to stop the show there. Is that okay? Yeah, go get to your feet. I already got in trouble once from the yeah. love doctor. Go I ain't trying to get in feet, trouble you again. Fucking nutcase. You are so fucking nuts, Jerry. I love you, but you're out of your fucking mind. It's disgusting. I'll see in the funny papers, Bob. I'll see you in the funny papers, Don. Jeez, man. This guy, it's just always something. And then he calls me in the morning with this miraculous idea. Mind you, he's East Coast, I'm West Coast. So he still hasn't figured out. That just because it's 7 a.m., just because it's 8 a.m. his time, doesn't mean that it's 8 a.m. my time. It's 5 in the morning, and this kid's pitching feet to me, a feet bracket. By all means, Jerry Don, go ahead. You just don't know what you're going to get with this guy, and I love him for it, but my oh my. That is the first time I have ever gotten the willies on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of you listeners out there have them too. Jerry Don, you're something else, brother. You're something else. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for everybody's favorite segment. If it's not everybody's favorite segment, it certainly is mine. It's the ass Bob segment week by week. The voicemails are back and better than ever. They are phenomenal. Having an absolute ball with these. If you want to call, if you want to submit your question for the Ask Bob segment, you could do so by calling the number 848-281-7906. That's 848-281-7906. That's six as in boy. Meanwhile, doing so, taking me up on that is a young man by the name Huckaba. Do recognize him. He is on the Patreon Happy Hours, which we have been doing weekly. They're an absolute best. This kid is a ball. Um, those Patreon Happy Hours, I'm just going to side note real quick, have been the best part of my week. I can't tell you how much I look forward to those. Uh, there's been a lot of fans of the show that we have met through there um, that have made their way to the content. Fat Perez, we met through the Patreon back nine chuck a lot of these guys that have contributed and it's just been a ball and we got a voicemail here from our guy huckaba who's at these happy hours weekly hit the link in my bio ladies and gentlemen on instagram join the patreon join that family it's a fucking ball if you want the extra content but meanwhile here is our guy huckaba hey bob it's huckaba here long time listener first time caller question for you it is getting pretty hot down here on the coast of Georgia, and I was looking to get your advice on how you prepare for swamp ass. Happens to everybody out there on the course. I was going to see uh, if you have any tips, tricks, advice you can give us, uh, other than pack an extra set of clothes. I'm sure Perez will enjoy it as well. Thanks. Have a day. You know what, Hakaba? I'm glad you asked it. Because somebody had to. And, um, you know, I never really take the extra pair of shorts unless I'm going swimming. And I know that I'm going to use the extra pair of shorts. I, I don't think ahead of time in regards to bringing extra shorts for swamp ass. I just think for me, swamp ass has always just been something that's kind of just come up. Um, and I'm not as uncomfortable as it looks. 
Swamp Ass looks bad, but I don't think it's as com- as uncomfortable as it looks. If you look at somebody from afar and see Swamp Ass, you probably think, wow, they're extremely uncomfortable. I'm not as uncomfortable with Swamp Ass. Something that I am very uncomfortable with that I think needs to be recognized. It needs to be described as a legitimate uh, illness to where I think somebody should be able to have the day off if this comes up is chafing. Um, Whether you had just finished up on the beach, you sweat a lot, whatever it may be, chafing down low to where you could barely walk is something that that I truly believe should be considered as an illness. If somebody is chafing, I truly think they should have the day off. Chafing and having chafage is one of the most uncomfortable things on the planet. Um, What I do for that is the only answer that I really know, and I'm very open to suggestions on, on how to stop this disease that is chafing um, is baby powder. And I'll put baby powder down there. Um, sometimes I'll put a little bit too much. Um, I was working at the Four Seasons and I used to do a lot of walking outside. And um, one time I just action packed it, just put a bunch of baby powder in my boxers. Um, and it's always an awkward thing trying to get the baby powder under your ball sack to really, you know, kind of maneuver it in so that it could do what baby powder does. Um, and I, you know, I had baby powder sticking out of my suit and it was just horrific. Or if somebody went to even tap me on the back, a bunch of baby powder would just pop out. But, um, swamp ass, I'm not that uncomfortable with chafing is a legitimate problem. I had it in Mexico. It ruined a day of my trip to where you just totally shut off. And what's strange about chafing that I don't really understand is when you do chafe, it's like you get one night's sleep and it seems to be gone that next day. Chafing comes and goes. We never know when it's going to come. We always know it's usually going to leave by the end of the night. I think chafing is a legitimate, legitimate concern. Um, Huckaba, I I wish you the best of luck with your swamp ass. Um, I would say just let it ride. I think it leads to phenomenal content. And And um, again, for me, it's just not as uncomfortable as it looks. It's always hysterical to look at when somebody has it, but just not as uncomfortable. Keep that baby powder down under. If you're extra prepared, then by all means, wear an extra pair of shorts, wear an extra pair of briefs. Um, I don't know too many people that wear boxers anymore. I think briefs are in. I think briefs are here to stay. Boxers, to me, are the main cause of chafing. I don't get chafing as much with the briefs. Same thing with swamp ass. I think briefs protect swamp ass more than boxers would. And that is all I have to say about swamp ass and chafing. In the meantime, we are moving on. Now we are checking in from Drew from Nebraska. Drew, what do you got for us? Hey, Bob. Drew from Nebraska here. Listen, Bob, you know, it's really kind of sad these days. The, I'm a big fan of your, your, uh, your reach theory. You know, I, I always like to have a girl make the reach, at least make an offer when I'm going on a first date, you know, to pay for at least half the meal. And it's really kind of a lost art these days. I, I don't get the reach a whole lot. And I'm pretty, pretty heard about it. You know, I, I've had a lot of times where I, I don't even get a thank you after the meal. I, I drop, drop a hundred bucks on a meal on a first date. I don't even get so much as a thank you or a, or a hug goodbye. You know, they just see you later and, and never to be heard from again. But Bob, I, I've been hanging out with this girl here lately, and uh, she's all right. She's 
she's nothing special, but nothing to write home about. But uh, took her out to get some dinner the other day, and uh, she goes after we've eaten. She goes, "Would you would you let me pay for half the meal?" And I said, "You know, typically typically no, I wouldn't let you pay for half the meal, but I appreciate the offer." And Bob, I'm just kind of wondering here what your take on that is. Uh, when when they do make the the reach there or they go to offer to pay for some, uh, how do you approach that? Because I I really I'm really not a fan of letting the girl pay. I'm a traditional kind of guy, you know. But uh, what's your take on that? Do you do you let the girl go ahead and pay for half of that meal? Do you let her go ahead and pay for all that meal? I mean, shoot, a free meal doesn't sound so bad. But uh, I know you're kind of a traditional guy as well, so I want to just you know hear from the horse's mouth here. What you do in that sort of situation? Thanks, Bob. Big fan. I'll talk to you later. Phenomenal question, Drew. I, I spoke about in the, you know, for the old school diehard fans that were listening way back in the day where I had the microphone on a coat hanger uh, to keep it upright. Um, one of the, the things that I did that probably gained the most traction was talking about what we refer to in my family amongst the guys in my family as the reach and what the reach is on the first date that you go with somebody we think is a very big sign that when the check comes out the girl offers to pay for her half now with that being said where a lot of times this gets misconstrued if that's even a world that word i pulled the jersey jerry there where it gets misinterpreted for lack of a better word on the reach is that we expect the girl to pay for half, not the case at all with the reach. When the check comes out, this is solely on the first date. We, as the guy know, we're going to pay as we should. There's no question about it. All we want to see. And all the guys in my family talk about, that's a great sign to see is when they at least reach and just offer and act as if they have some inclination that they are going to be paying for their side of the bill. We know they're not. They know they're not, but I just think it's common courtesy to see that reach. And I do think, and I'm sorry if you disagree, I think it is a very, very bad sign if the check comes to the table and you don't get the reach. I think it is very important to get that reach. As soon as the girl does reach, we're going to we're gonna put them away and say, no, 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 we got it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. No problem. And we had the ladies on the show from the home team podcast. We talked about it with them. Um, they debated it. They didn't agree with me. Um, but 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 that's how I feel. I think it's very common courtesy. I did say that I think the reach can be saved with a very good thank you. For instance, my girlfriend, we went out on our first date, check came to the to the table. I grabbed the check without her giving a reach. Where she did save it, though, is a very, very positive good thank you. It sounds like Drew here didn't even get a thank you. That's a big problem. If you get a real good thank you so much for dinner, especially if they double down with it, that could totally wipe out the reach to where you don't need to see the reach as long as it's an enthusiastic quality thank you for dinner. If you get it two times, fantastic. You don't have to reach. But if you don't get the reach and you get one kind of half-assed thank you, I think you got problems. 
I think you got problems. So no, what I would say, Drew, is on the first day, you always pay. Down the road, yes, they could start shipping in and, and paying for some things here and there for sure. Obviously, we take the main load of it, um, but you got to see the reach. It, it is so, so damn important. No question about it. In the meantime, we are moving on. Next question here on the Ask Bob segment, we tune in to a guy who would like to be referred to as the bagel guy. Uh, from one bagel guy to another, very curious to hear this take. Let it rip, bagel guy. Big game, Bobby. I know that you remember the donut guy from a few episodes back. You can go ahead and call me the bagel guy. Here's my big question for the Tuesday show. Would you rather have someone bring in a box of assorted donuts or a box of assorted bagels. Here's my here's my uh, thinking here. Someone comes with donuts. They're all sweet. They're chocolate. They're glazed. They're strawberry. Whatever the hell it is. You come in with bagels. You can come in with blueberry, plain, you know, all different types of cream cheese. You throw some Asiago in there. So my big question is, would you rather have someone come into your office with bagels plus the cream cheese or the donuts? You can call me the bagel guy. Huge friend of the pod. Yeah, you, you know what? For me, I'm I'm such a huge bagel guy that, of course, I'm going to be biased. And that uh, to, to me, it's a no brainer. I would prefer the bagels. Um, when bringing in the bagels to the office, I used to do it for my employees at the Four Seasons. And look, I could have very well picked up donuts, no problem. I think donuts are the easy way out. The different obstacles you got to go through in getting bagels as preferred to donuts. To me, if you're getting it for the office, donuts seem to be a little more on the fly. You stop by in Dunkin', you're in, you're out, bada bing, bada boom, that's it. Bagels, and I used to bring them in all the time, and I just hope people appreciate it. There's so many different things. You got the bagels that you got to get, but then you're right. You got to get the cream cheese. How many cream cheeses do you get? You got to get knives. You got to get silverware. You got to get napkins, the whole nine years. There's a lot more that goes into picking up bagels than donuts. I think bagels are not going to be as on the fly. And to me, especially as a bagel guy myself, I've always appreciated that extra step. When you go to get bagels before work, you got to really plan that out. You got to leave an extra 30, 45 minutes before than you would go in for donuts. Donuts, you could leave 15 minutes before than you normally would. If you're not picking up donuts or bagels, it's a little more on the fly. Um, so another reason that I love bringing in bagels, because I love bagels. So I would have a bagel for myself and you feel good doing that for the employees or your coworkers. It's a feel good type of thing. Um, plus, nobody starts shit with you that day because you were the bagel guy that day or you were the donut guy that day. I always like to bring in bagels to see what people would take and what they wouldn't. You know, who kind of gets left out into the cold? Is the sesame seed bagel going to be left out? A lot of times you'll see the cinnamon raisin bagel get left out. I kind of look at bagels like fashion. There are certain things that are in style and not. There are certain bagels that are in style and not. A lot of times cinnamon raisin will have a big month in the bagel world and then just completely plateau. You just never know what you're going to get. So I like to see bagel trends. Who's picking what bagels? Are poppy seed bagels hot at the time? And I think it really fluctuates with the bagel. 
I think donuts are pretty straightforward on what people like and what they don't, what's going to get picked, what's not going to get picked. Um, bagels, I find to be very interesting. So not only was I just doing a nice gesture by bringing in the bagels, it was also a little bit of an experiment for me as a bagel connoisseur. Um, but yeah, without question, I want to see that guy bring in the bagel rather than the donut um, as a bagel guy myself. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it here for yet another episode of the Brilliant Dump Show. We love you. We appreciate you. Tell your kids to tell your kids, tell their families, grandkids, uncles, kids, that the Brilliant Dump Show is something special and that the Brilliant Dump Show is here to stay. Get signed up for that Patreon if you want the extra content come Fridays. If not, see you Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you next time on the Brilliant Dump Show.